Hello and welcome to the Lean Agile Scalator, a podcast of stories and tips to help you bring your Lean Agile leadership to the next level. My name is Jorge Tavares. I'm your host and coach, and I'm delighted to bring you the very first episode of this podcast. Since this is our inaugural episode, I'm going to share with you how it's going to go. Each episode will have a real-life story on how organizations or companies had overcome enterprise-wide problems with a lean, agile approach and mindset. And we will distill the how-to in the form of key takeaways that could help you or inspire you to solve a particular situation that you or your organization might be facing. Or at the very least, we hope that the stories are entertaining. Our plan is to release one episode every month. The focus of the stories will vary each time, covering different aspects of enterprise agility. In some episodes, we will have guests who will be the experts telling their story and their key takeaways. And in some others, I will be your storyteller. Today's episode will be about enterprise agile transformation following SAFE or Scaled Agile Framework. And guess what? For our very first episode, we do have a guest. Jane Creed is an Agile Transformation Coach and Solution Manager at DXC Technology. She supports DXC and their customers with their digital transformation solutions and scale Agile delivery. For over 25 years, her work has contributed to delivering solutions for the large Fortune 500, as well as greenfield companies across the globe. On projects and programs with budgets of up to a billion dollars, she's an innovator who enjoys coming up with creative solutions to complex problems, both in the workplace or on her outdoor adventures. Always looking for new perspectives on how to understand think, and tackle issues. Hello, Jane. Welcome to Lean Agile Escalator. Thanks, Jorge, for the introduction. I'm really great to be here on your inaugural podcast, and I'm looking forward to listening to all of the ones that are coming up over the next couple of months. Jane, you're going to share with us the Agile transformation story for DXC, what problem they were trying to solve, and how you solved it, correct? Yeah, I'll be, tell, I'll be talking specifically about the insurance, DXC Insurance Software Development. It's an organization within DXC, and it is a portfolio of just over a thousand across the globe. Thank you for being here. In our earlier conversations, you talked about four key takeaways for this experience that were the biggest contributors to the success of your transformation. And I'm just going to mention them. First, executive ownership to ensure support. Frequency and transparency in communication to ensure early feedback. Third, awareness of culture change and the importance it will have on your success. And lastly, timely training to ensure people are ready for their role in the transition. There, yeah, there are key takeaways. And I'm hoping at the end of our chat today that I'll reflect back on them a little just to kind of emphasize where our real learning was in those areas. Great. I'm looking forward to hearing your story, Jane. Please take it away. Okay, let's start with the problem we were trying to solve. Um, there are changing dynamics in the world of IT and specifically software. Monoliths to microservices, platform-based architecture, the event of cloud-native services, uh, just to mention a few. 
we were at a point where we needed to evolve our operating model to better align and support our software strategy and to help drive us to greater levels of reuse and leverage within our software portfolio. And this was also going to help us kind of accelerate the pace of innovation while maximizing our agility to enhance the offerings that we could bring to the marketplace. Sounds like DXC, being an industry leader in the insurance software business, needed to keep up with the increasing demands and complexity of technology, not only to stay ahead of the competition, but also to delight your customers with in innovative products. These are problems that I'm sure many of our listeners could relate to, and it is not an easy problem to tackle. So how do you solve it? How do we go about solutioning this? We looked at what others were doing. Um, we looked at uh, a lot of different models um, and we ended up kind of embracing SAFE 5.0 as a, blue a blueprint for us for transforming. Um, the in inclusive of processes, roles, responsibilities, tools, and culture. Um, our focus is on bracing the principles to solve our operational needs while building out our processes and practices and to ensure our success with that transformation. Why did we pick SAFE? Um, for us, when we looked at it, it was tried, it was tested. It had a extensive set of artifacts from which to work from and to take those principles and adapt the practices and processes that would suit us. The important thing for us was that there were principles that we could use as a, as a guiding force. We're also a gold partner uh, with SAFE um, having a number of SPCs within the organization, um, DXC being a, a, obviously, as you mentioned, a large organization. So we had that expertise available to us, uh, people like myself. What steps did we take to go on this journey? So we saw the need. We wanted to align our operating model to our software strategic direction. Um, how could we support that direction in the operating model that we were in? It was quite siloed. It was quite regional in structure in some ways, and we, we needed to change it. So that need was seen, um, and the executive for the portfolio, he, he pulled a workshop together, and the core group holed up in a conference room in Miami across a couple of days, came up with a, with a roadmap that could help us move forward. And we took that roadmap and we implemented it. The first step was to train the leadership. Uh, we did some lean portfolio management training, which set us up and prepared us for value stream workshops, how to identify the portfolio structure, the solution structure, and the, the art layers. We needed to understand how the organization worked, what its operational and its development value streams were. We needed that workshopping to also help build out the portfolio canvas and the vision. Where did we want to go? What was our intent? Why were we trying to change? and then find ownership for those artifacts. We needed then to, to look at getting ourselves ready for a large solution and art layer of, of SAFE to also be launched. In order to do that, we train the art and the solution management and leading SAFE. Um, and then we use them, that management then supported us as, as the transformation leads and themselves in um, mapping out the uh, solution and art canvases. So having trained them, they were then able to take ownership of their own artifacts and the direction of their transformation. We did some additional training for STEs and our RTEs. For those not familiar with, with, with SAFE as, as a model, they're your facilitators 
They're the people who are ensuring the success of the process. And we wanted to make sure they were given the, the, the correct training and had chance to workshop and question the processes and the thinking and the principles behind it, setting them up for success. Um, so we did some safe RTE training with them. And we also did some DXE specific training for our solution managers and our product managers. What was it going to be like in this new model to map and to uh, communicate your intent, your roadmap, your backlog? Um, and we walked them through that process. What was the solution backlog going to look like? And how are you going to build a lean business case for an initiative that you that you wanted to start? And um, once we had that training done, we were ready to launch um, our first wave of, of arts and our solution layers. So we did. We launched our portfolio and our solution Kanbans. We trained our wave one arts. Um, we conducted a art launch course that we had written internally ourselves, similar to Safe for Teams, um, but rather than just being a guide to all of the teams on the guidelines and the principles of Safe, we wanted it to also encompass our practices and our processes and how we were going to implement SAFE in the day-to-day. What was our PI planning going to look like as globally distributed teams that work virtually, who use JIRA? How is that actually going to set them up so that immediately after their art launch training, they could actually go and execute their first PI planning? So then we launched our Wave 1 Arts and that was just over a release ago, just over a quarter ago. So where are we now? Um, we have those first wave of arts launched. That was about five arts. We've started to train our wave two. So we've put all of our wave two management. That's really the rest of the uh, development teams, the rest of the potential arts, the leadership of those through leading safe training and getting them ready to drive out their transformation within their groups. And we're sh- we've scheduled our uh, rollout for Wave 2 around January 2021. We're also preparing and mapping out a uh, participatory budget process um, and rolling that into um, our operating model as well. And that was a key takeaway from our lean portfolio management was actually sitting down and walking that process and realizing that just like PI planning, if you let the people do the planning, if you let the people do the budgeting, and um, it will work out. And all of different ways that we process through it and, uh, and looked at what could happen and people kind of coming in, trying to gamify it or take control of it. And like, that it naturally, we will tend to, to want to be successful for the larger group. Um, so we're very excited to be rolling that out. And I've also seen really good results from our, our PI planning and getting the team's involvement and commitment and confidence in in the plans that we share as well. That's very exciting, Jane. If I were then to summarize how DXE approached it, sounds like it started with executive leadership, not only getting their transformation in motion with that first workshop in Miami, but also participating in defining the strategic direction and leading by example, staying closely involved throughout. Then sounds like there was a combination of customized training, extensive communication and collaboration across the board to align that strategic direction to the execution and influencing the cultural change in the organization by embracing lean agile principles and lean portfolio practices on top of that. It may sound easy, but I'm sure there's a lot of hard work behind it. 
Jane, I know you're still in the implementation journey, but what results have you had so far? Are we done? Will we ever be done? Uh, no, uh, we're very much focused on that kind of inspect and adapt process, both at the art level, at the solution level, and focusing us on that kind of relentless improvement. So we're in the early days of our transition, but less than one year from that initial kickoff in the conference room in Miami, we've really seen some excellent results. Our large solution layer is being rolled out and it's providing kind of that necessary transparency we needed across the globe. We're already working on common system of engagement and common business service solutions that we wouldn't have had transparency on uh, if we hadn't had that layer kind of allowing all of our uh, global regions to communicate so successfully. Our Wave 1 Arts, as I said, uh, launched last quarter, and they've really benefited from alignment of process and practices to help manage the reporting and dependencies. Um, and as you go to more consumable, uh, uh, composable products and solutions for our offerings, uh, we can no longer rely on those kind of siloed groups where you just work independently on your monolith. Um, we really needed to have an operating model that allows us to have composable components to our solutions that then get aggregated up into an offering that we can sell in the marketplace. So seeing that transparency and that practice of communication and management of dependencies has been a really positive thing and kind of showing us that, yes, we we can be successful um, on the path we've taken and leveraging building and leveraging and building uh, these composable components. Uh, I mentioned too, another positive result was of training the Wave 2 Arts. They're actually now back in their day-to-day -day kind of pulling for essential safe to be rolled out to them because they can really see the efficiencies that that's going to offer them in their day-to-day -day operations. So rather than it being a push activity, there's, there's a pull happening here. They want to be part of this new process and they want to jump on board. We're also seeing a transparency and traceability um, from the investment to the actual stories that are coded. And this has only really just started as we build out our, our portfolio Kanban and our solution ethics and initiatives and those lean business cases that are giving us the clear intent of investment. So in all of our new initiatives now, we're seeing those lean business cases and going through that approval process and having that clarity of intent. It was always there. We always shared it. It just wasn't always known where it was or who was responsible for building it or how it got approved. And, and giving us that clarity and consistency of process um, has, has really helped. Also, we're looking at the building of our backlogs. Again, we always had backlogs of the work that was being done. People knew the work they were doing. We were managing it and most of our groups managing in an agile way already. Um, but having a consistent process of where your backlog is, how you're managing your benefit hypothesis for your, your capabilities or your features, how you're managing your acceptance criteria for those means that there's a, a commonality that allows anybody from any part of the organization to look in and see what's going on somewhere else and really provides the transparency that we were hoping for. This clarity has also kind of had a very positive result in 
really supporting that kind of decentralization of decision-making that with the intent shared, with the clarity of acceptance criteria, you can really decentralize the delivery decision-making and only where you can't meet the intent or you don't, you need clarity on the intent. Do you need to escalate back? So rather than having a lot of meetings churning and thinking about what we're going to do, we're having meetings that are talking about the specific actions that need to be taken, which has really kind of made us more efficient in our process. And again, as I say, all of this information was out there and we've just kind of put a formality to to the way we're working. The new operating model has already helped us see improvements in our agility and our ability to adapt to the marketplace. COVID-19 requirements is a really key example of this. So coming into our last quarter, we were able to quickly adapt and look at what's the market going to need right now um, with lockdown, with, um, you know, social distancing. What are we what are we going to need to be able to support? And one of the key functions we saw was co-browsing ability in any of your systems of engagement, that ability for someone who's completing an application to be able to co-browse with the back office or an agent that ability for people to be able to video chat or upload documents together in a co-browsing service. Um, and we were able to look to one of our InsureTech partners and, and work with them and very quickly put that into, into our offerings um, in the last release. So just taking that and reflecting on it showed us that having the transparency of what we're trying to do has allowed us to now implement that across the globe in all of our systems of engagements because um, over in uh, the broking line of business, they saw a need for that to service uh, their customers in Europe. We saw a need for that for our customers in life and wealth in North America. And our colleagues over in Asia also see that in their PNC and their life and wealth markets. The implementation of an agile PMO is also something um, that's helped us um, in this transformation or during this transformation. And one of the key results we've seen coming out of that is uh, providing us best practices, ensuring improvements in kind of our business value delivery and cost management matrix. And, and that's been very helpful um, across the board. Um, so we're not just talking about effectiveness and efficiency, but we're getting business value delivered quicker and we have better matrix and reporting to help understand our, our, our costs concerns. Um, on the ground, I would say one of the key value adds for me is the team's involvement in PI planning and the retrospective. Um, and that's providing kind of immediate feedback for response and action. Is the team confident in the plan that they've just produced? Can they commit to the plan? Do they have the confidence? And sharing that is, is, is hugely important to management to understand potential risks that might be associated with it and reaching out then to try and resolve that and question and, and look to see how they could adjust it. It's also been a great way of increasing engagement amongst the teams as they see themselves being way more involved in the process. They're not being dictated what is to be delivered. They're determining what they will deliver um, based on the priorities that have been um, provided with them from solution and, and, and product management. What a great outcome, Jane. So 
what I could gather from your story is that the benefits DXT obtained from the rollout of your first wave of agile release trainings or arts was better communication and clarity across the teams and geographies, reduced complexity of the monolithic solution by creating reusable components, and increased overall efficiency by having a common operating model, standard processes and practices, decentralized decision-making, and a consistent metrics framework. No wonder your wave two of arts are eager to jump on board. Realizing it is possible to adapt to ever-changing market demands quickly and confidently, it is a great motivator. Jane, I want us to reflect back on the key takeaways. And while we've heard how this happened throughout the story, let's have some final words on each one of those for our listeners, okay? The first one was executive ownership to ensure support. Some of our Wave 1 arts um, were already practicing Essential Safe. And they had a, an established model in place, but getting the portfolio executive buy-in and ownership of the transformation and at that portfolio level, kind of ensuring that we were now taking on a lean portfolio management process and sharing intent from that level. That has allowed a significant improvement in transparency of demand and intent and need to those arts that were already practicing essential safe, as well as those that are rolling out. As I said earlier, it's also supported the decentralization of decision-making, making that delivery scalable. So that buy-in from management was important to share that, but also in investment, investment in their time, investment of their money uh, for training and engagement um, and wanting to bring the, the organization on board. Now, frequency and transparency in communication to ensure early feedback. We were caught off guard a few times in the early days, kind of due to our lack of communication and stakeholders. Be agile, share often, look for early feedback. That's all I can say. Don't be afraid to take a risk. It's okay to fail. And the process can only really improve when you communicate it. Um, so again, don't be afraid to fail. Take the risk and share. How about awareness of culture change and the importance it will have on your success? It was something we only saw during the rollout. We were aware of the impact. We just weren't aware of the extent. And if we get the culture right, the rest will be easy, or should I say easier. Um, if we ignore culture, we'll forever kind of battle a mismatch between how we think about our business and how we execute our business. And finally, timely training to ensure people are prepared for their role in the transition. That, that investment in training is key. Um, that allowed us to ensure that people were prepared for their role in the transformation um, and were pulling the transformation back to their part of the organization, um, which is so vital when you're trying to manage a change of this size. No one group, no one person can do this. It has to be a buy-in um, that you get from the organization as a whole and a want from the organization as a whole. Jane, sounds like a success story overall. And even though, as you're saying, this is just the beginning of a series of changes, but DXC has certainly started on a very solid foundation. I'm sure there are a lot of questions that our listeners will have on how you transform the organization. So for our listeners, we will be sharing Jane's contact information on our website for you to reach out with your own questions. Jane, 
thank you very much for sharing your enterprise agile transformation story. Looking forward to hearing more about your future implementations at DXC and wherever life may take you. All right. Thanks for inviting me here to share today. I, I hope I've shared something of interest to your listeners and I'd love to hear from them on their experience or anybody looking for input on their transformation. There you have it. A great enterprise agile transformation story that we hope gave you some food for thought and inspire you to take on new challenges in your organization. Before we go, there are three more things I'd like to say. First, Thank you for downloading this very first episode and giving us the opportunity to share with you. Second, this podcast is for you, our listeners. Let us hear what you think of it. Any suggestions on how to improve or topics you'd like to hear about in the future would be greatly appreciated. And last, if you or someone you know have a story on enterprise-wide problems solved with a Lean Agile approach, please contact us. You could find our email and other forms of communication on our website, www.exequorconsulting.com slash podcast. That is E-X-E-Q-U-O-R consulting.com. This was the first episode of the Lean Agile Escalator, a podcast of stories and tips to help you bring your Lean Agile leadership to the next level. My name is Jorge Tavares, your host and coach, until next time.